Welcome back to this episode of Past the Lunchroom. That music had a huge role in our lives. It did mine anyway, and I just can't help but uh, think that it did everyone else during that time. Classic rock for me pretty much started in, oh, I don't know, probably 75, 76. Uh, I was a sophomore in high school and, you know, just really now coming of age and uh, beginning to understand things, a little more freedom uh, uh, that I've ever enjoyed, uh, you know, now that I am in high school. And uh seems like the, the more you knew about one little old band or the other, maybe you were trying to impress some of the girls or uh, looking back, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they were impressed a bit, but in our minds, we thought they were. And, you know, we had some uh, just great albums come out back in the day. And personally, I listened uh, mostly. Uh, my choice was, you know, Casey Kasem's Top 40 on a Saturday afternoon. Although I didn't enjoy, you know, the others as well. But some of the great albums that came out uh, just in those couple of, of years was, you know, Led Zeppelin, Fleetwood Mac's iconic album, Rumors. Uh, came out in 77 and and if uh, if they weren't already on the map then they were when this uh album came out pink floyd you know and they later released uh you know uh other brick in the wall my goodness how many times <laughs> speaking for myself and my buddies too did we listen to that song but what put the icing on the cake what bridged the gap between so many of us and got us all on the same page was Boston's self-titled album released in 76. My gosh, this thing just immediately started uh, climbing the charts. I think it, you know, finally reached number three just almost overnight, almost overnight. Uh, what a what a, a music that these guys had. And I don't know how many eight-track tapes <laughs> I wore out with that. My old first car was not much, and uh, I just had a little after-school job. So about the only thing I could afford in my old junk car was an under-the-dash eight-track tape player. You guys remember those? You find a hot wire underneath the dash of your car and hook it in and ground that thing somewhere and get you a drill and screw those L brackets up under there and use good to go get a couple of cheap uh, speakers from the radio shack. Uh, and if not, maybe you could just tap into the existing speaker. <laughs> Hopefully in the back window, you know, you wanted that back window sound so it would reflect off. And, uh, boy, we thought we were cooking with Crisco when we done that. But as you remember, the, the eight track tapes really, <laughs> the quality wasn't there. And, uh, you know, you seem like he's always getting a matchbook or something and folding it up and, uh, you know, shimming that thing in there just to get it to play. <laughs> and not drag. And uh, sometimes you'd even have to pull the tape out and uh, not really fully understanding how it worked, but you'd pull it out real fast. So it would wind up back up, you know, on the other end and just try to salvage those things as long as you could. Well, eventually they, uh, you know, the more you played them, they just uh, would wear out. Well, here you go. Boston was one of those albums that uh, uh, many of, of us guys and myself would just go buy another one. And, uh, you know, it didn't matter if it was a, a, a cassette tape, a, a an eight-track tape, or, or a record. It, they were all called albums. And us old school guys, now, even if it's a CD, it's still an album, you know, uh, hey, because that's cool. <laughs> another, another album that came out, 
if you weren't on the cool train by now, after this album came out, that you were, and that's Hotel California. My, my, my. How many of y'all remember uh, what you were doing when you first heard uh, Hotel California, or at least that time of your life? And, oh my gosh, you know, the Eagles were always uh, great in my book, even up to then. And they always had that kind of uh, Western slash California vibe to them, you know. And uh, and many times would even kind of sing about, you know, California or out in the desert, uh, you know, areas like that. But when Hotel California came out, these guys were on the map. Now, I'm not even joking. And still, I mean, I just recently in the last, you know, small handful of years, they, uh, I think, released uh, some sort of an anniversary edition of that album. Now, I, I don't I haven't listened to it. I don't know if they put anything new on there or not, but. Anyway, and speaking of that, why are they suddenly making retro records again? <laughs> Who knows? Anyway, on Hotel California, I didn't know this till recently, but Joe Walsh, you know, that was his first album uh, playing for the Eagles. And to me, I think this guy is just a super, super talented uh, guitar player. And it doesn't seem like you know, if you get on social media and someone says, hey, list the top 10, uh, you know, guitar players, uh, uh, rock and roll of all time. Of course, uh, Jimi Hendrix always seems to hit the top of the list. And uh, now he was all good and all that, but I, I just was not a, a fan of Jimi Hendrix. But it seems like Joe Walsh never made that list. And uh, and I wish he had. Uh, you know, those of us that grew up listening to this music, we know, we know how good he is. And very talented guy, and he always kind of had that, uh, I don't know, maybe less than in touch uh, persona, maybe, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but I think he's fully in touch. This dude uh, is full of talent. In fact, he may have even had uh, a part in writing how to play the guitar book. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, Hotel California. I believe had sold over 32 million copies worldwide. And I think it hit number 37 of Rolling Stone's list of the 500 greatest albums of all time. Can you imagine that? Making that list, 500 albums. And I'm sure it's still a big seller, uh, even to this day. It's got to be. You know, even Michael Jackson, uh, you know, just a little bit later than these couple of years here or whatever, that uh, I think his album is still. Uh, you know, a big seller. Uh, the Beatles, I never was much of a Beatles fan. Now, you know, some of their, uh, uh, you know, uh, big hit songs uh, I liked, uh, but I never was that guy that had the, the Beatles album collection. And there was always that one old boy would say, oh, I've got the Beatles white album. <laughs> you know, go dude, go. You know what I mean? And uh, anyway, like I said, top 40, Casey Kasem on a Saturday morning. That's kind of was my speed right there. Uh, I just enjoyed that music. And fortunately, we were so lucky to be born and raised to be coming of age in the 70s like that and be a part of that. And to listen to classic rock radio today, 
we can tell our kids, or our grandkids, you know, hey, we were there. You know, we were there when this came out. And this music has stood the test of time. My youngest daughter and even my granddaughter, uh, we listen to it all the time in the car. And, and they're, they sing the songs, you know, just like we did. They they know all the songs. And, they, oh, hey, they'll tell you who it is. And um, let's don't forget to call out Elton John. You know, I don't know if it was 1975, maybe, maybe 1975, probably that he came out with the bitches back. And that's, you know, during that time was when I discovered him. And, uh, like everybody, I just fell in love with this guy's music and we were living in Las Vegas, Nevada, then just listened to it all the time. And, uh, at one time I never had an album collection, but. At one time, I had every album. Now, we're talking 1976 or so, maybe maybe just 77 album that Elton John ever had. Now, that's not saying a whole lot. He, it's not like he had a, a, a truckload of them by then, but uh, I did. Rod Stewart. Oh, my gosh. You know, the rumors, <laughs> the rumors floated around about this guy now, didn't they? You know what I'm talking about. We all remember the rumors uh, about this guy. Uh, in the in the mid to la- the latter 60s or 70s, I'm sorry. It doesn't matter what the rumors are. This guy is talented. His music was great. Some of the guys, you know, uh, uh, may not admit to having listened to him, but you know they did. Leonard Skinner. Oh, my gosh. How many times on a Saturday night or Friday night, you know, us guys might have been uh, out uh, – <laughs> maybe doing something we wasn't supposed to be doing, uh, you know, or, or doing something our folks told us not to outside of town and, uh, free birds playing. <laughs> oh my gosh. Hey, listen, we're, we're standing tall. Our chests are puffed out. And then sweet home Alabama comes on. Now, listen, we are really truly believing that we're impressing all the, the little old gals, you know, that, that might've been there or hung out with us or whatever. And I don't know that. It, <laughs> hey, listen, it's what's in our mind that counts. What? I don't know that any of them little old gals was impressed at all, but there's probably thinking, I wish you'd turn that stereo down a little bit. Cause at, at one of these parties, maybe there was always that one guy that had more than that under the dash eight track tape player. And his music sounded good. Uh, so he would always, uh, you know, most generally he was driving a pickup, have his doors open and the, uh, the the seat of the truck, you know, leaned over frontward. So the speakers that's in the back, we could get it all. And, uh, it, you know, that was great. All this good music. Ted Nugent, don't forget about Cat Scratch Fever. Now this guy, he really helped, I believe anyway, bridge uh, that that line between the folks that listened that were hardcore rockers and us top 40 people. And, you know, and actually Boston did too, as far as that go is, you know, if we wanted to go back just a little bit, Pink Floyd, I don't know if I've already mentioned it or not, but another brick in the wall. How many times did we listen to that song in high school? And you remember that when you had a good song, you thought everybody should hear it. Because you thought everybody should like it. So you turn your old car stereo up so loud that, like me anyway, your speakers are are just distorted and you can't hear nothing clear anyway. But 
you're hoping you gain the attention of somebody because you're just trying to validate how cool you really are by playing this song or any classic rock song in earshot of your friends. (laughs) And then what about John Travolta? I think some of the guys might be telling a story. (laughs) If they didn't say they didn't, didn't come out of that movie thinking they were the disco king, you know what I mean? And kind of along the same lines that we all wanted a black Trans Am after watching Burt Reynolds and Smokey and the Bandits. <laughs> Funny how all that stuff kind of, uh, you know, defined us back then. And uh, we just related to that stuff. And, uh, you know, all those things that were just new was just great. And classic music, classic times, and uh, village people. Now, us guys. Uh, you know, even though they might've had some good catchy tunes, uh, us guys, no, we don't like that, you know, and, uh, you know, that we had, had to do that macho thing. And, but anyway, <laughs> they were, they were high up on that list too. They had, they had, uh, you know, uh, some, some good hits. So, uh, but anyway, you know, the list really just goes on and on. Another one that was worth turning up was uh, Blinded by the Light. You guys remember that song by Manfred Mann's Earth Band. Now, let's not forget the Rolling Stones. Uh, one song that I really liked back then uh, was Brown Sugar. Now, that I was probably, oh, I don't know, uh, probably close to being a senior uh, in high school uh, when this came out. Uh, Sticks, Come Sail Away. Uh, you know, those things, uh, of course, we've already mentioned Boston, More Than a Feeling, The Who, Aerosmith. My goodness. Like I said, the list just, uh, it just goes on and on. And it really defines then who we were. And that decade of music is just second to none. There's no doubt about that. Now, going into the 80s, now they had some good tunes there. Don't get me wrong. But at any rate, the list, uh, it could just go on and on for sure. I'm glad, you know, that we were a part of that back then. And, and, you know, we can just tune into, uh, satellite radio and, and, uh, listen to that music again. And every now and again, you'll find a station just on radio that, that plays that classic rock and just kind of let you relive that slice of life that was just so great. Hey, listen, thanks for tuning back in to this episode of Past the Lunchroom. We're trying to work our way into coming of age, high school, mid-70s. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to be sure you don't miss a single episode.